possible but like in a fluky way it, pretty big fluke <laughs> welcome to don't be an idiom i'm ryan this is uh my and friend. i'm albert and i'm gonna have a beer it's albert he loves drinking beers he's a real man's man you know it i've never seen a more masculine man <laughs> well <laughs> take a picture it'll last longer he's full of night <laughs> folks am i right uh, we have another He's live right. studio audience today. Oh, yeah. Way fewer people, though. And one's a bear. There is a bear <laughs> in the audience, which uh, we'll get to in the uh, game portion of the show. So, hey, it's the podcast. We explore the origin stories of common phrases and idioms. We've each brought one to the table today. And this episode is going to be the murderer's montage of episodes. Yes. Oof. You better believe it. Yeah. So, And we're friends. Uh, we have been friends for a long, long time. Um, this episode marks the fifth anniversary that "Don't Be an Idiom" Let's aired. Go, people! On global five years ago, uh, the global sound waves. Dude, Ma- how cool is that? Five Ma- years. March eleventh, two thousand seventeen. That was our, our first episode. There's a week in the hell room. Yes, it's been five years. So just about five years in a couple of days. That is cool, man. So this is the, in uh, I guess in whatever, like... Uh, when you have anniversaries. When you have anniversaries. If this you're is one called, of those kind of people. This is called the wood anniversary. Yeah. Who, uh, who came up with these... I don't know. Materials that... Like whoever is... Like the gold anniversary, the silver anniversary. It's probably like... Liz Claiborne. <laughs> maybe. Seems yeah, like, like something like Hallmark can, or, you know... Macy's came up with in the 50s or something. You know what? This would have been something worth researching, actually. Well, at like, least where does that come from? Hey, maybe someone out there knows right. and can email us. Yes, call in. Call or call or call in. Uh, the lines are open. They're wide open. Yeah, because think about it. Like, what if they're very specific? They're like the wood. It's something about the forest <laughs> and the full moon. Oh, or like the yeah. I don't know. A wood. La- I mean, wood lasts. Probably not as long in terms of like how long of those metals it can exist as like gold, for example. Well, but <laughs> if the tree stayed alive, yeah, yeah, quite a while. But I guess the metal would still last longer, <laughs> way longer. <laughs> so, well, there's some soft metals. So, because this is Don't Be an Idiom's wood anniversary, and they rust. Sorry, we are offering uh, ten free. Don't be an idiom wooden nickels to the first 10 uh, DMs we get in our Instagram. And you need to hurry and do it now because by the time you're hearing this, it's at least two weeks later. <laughs> One week later. Yeah, but well. So like rush. It. Yeah, I guess if you're if you're still like, you know, back on like episode 40. Right. It's going to be a while till you get this. Yeah, right. <laughs> but try us anyway. But maybe if you know us personally, <laughs> you might know before the rest of the people know. Well, but we're not going to cheat. We're not going to cheat. Not, no, we're not, I'm not telling anybody. These wood yeah, nickels that, are hard to come by. I'm going to tell everyone at work tomorrow. <laughs> uh, hey, you great. know that podcast I do that's going to get me fired? <laughs> well, it's our we're 50th anniversary. We're giving out nickels. free wood nickels. And they're like, we don't care about any of it except the part where we can get you fired. <laughs> don't you want to see? Don't you wonder about wooden nickels? Like where they come from? 
Well, that information's not on the wooden nickel. I it have kids. <laughs> Is that the people talking? Yeah. I have kids. And like what? They don't have time for your bullshit? <laughs> right. Oh, right. <sighs> I just had a kid. Yeah. Last week. Yeah. Some guy did at my work. Oh, some guy said that to you? you no, he, didn't, he didn't say it to me, but like everyone was like, hey, let's all congratulate so-and-so on having a baby. I'd be like, yeah. what? <laughs> he's, he's, he's not here. <laughs> That's the part that shocked and you. Then, and then, you Wait, know. Was it in the building? And then I'm like, oh, I bet I missed some fucking card that I had to like put money in. He probably thinks I'm an asshole, right? Probably. Yeah. So um, then... I see him come back a couple days later yeah. and I'm like, Hey Chris, like <laughs> congratulations. He's like, thanks man. I'm like, I, I couldn't even, you weren't even showing. He's like, Oh, Oh, cause he had the baby. That's cute. Now this is why the people love you. Yeah. <laughs> this is why you're such a popular he's guy. Probably just like fucking cheap ass. <laughs> I don't need no joke. I need that sweet, sweet mun. <laughs> yeah. That you left out of the card, the community card. You know what? I don't, fucking see these things everyone i'm not so obsessed with babies that i and i'm like where's that next card all right well <laughs> 16 years of writing checks for babies and weddings <laughs> and you've seen no returns fucking not, i'm never gonna see a return <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> 16 years of writing checks for babies and weddings yeah. You're right. Yeah, and they, they, they really add they up. They are happy to do it because they're like, mine's going to be so great. Like, I'm going to get all this stuff. But what about you? You've not had anything. Never. <laughs> you, really, you should write, um, you know, refund letters to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy. I think we all can read the writing on the wall. <laughs> so I know that we all, you know, every time there's an event, we all chip in on something. And, uh, but we all see a return, right? When we get married or we have kids. And Part of giving is that you get a little something, you know. Uncle Albert's not seen any returns, so I send this letter to you today on your son's birthday asking for like 20 bucks back. Now that's why I'm the popular guy. That's, that's why people love you. Man. Yeah, it's practical. You're just playing, playing it practical for once. Yeah, it's just fair. It's just fair. <sighs> All right. So, listen, you're in the top of the show. Uh, you know, we're just, I have an apartment here. <laughs> we got to warm up to get to the idiom histories. Uh, and anything else we've talked about, you know, it's not I, think important. A, <laughs> I think we've hit a lot of. That's just so you guys can get a feel for who we are. I don't know if that's coming through. No, definitely. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah. The yeah, audience just wants to know us off script. Off script. Well, it couldn't be much more off script than this. <laughs> All right. The, I've, I've got a light script for the top of the show here. Oh, I thought we were moving on. Oh, remember I was going to do a whole, I had a whole Western top oh, of the show. Okay. Keep it brief. Let's. <laughs> you lost your chance. We've been talking for like seven minutes. <laughs> That's it's, Top of the show is already in the rear of the The very first thing is the five year anniversary. <laughs> Well, we got a lot of mileage out of it, I think. We definitely did. That baby, that baby's running on electric fuel. Electric fuel. It's a Tesla, I guess. So, I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> All right, I'll skip it. Mm -mm. But Hidden Valley Ranch give us, give is a, a real bit. place, and that's where ranch dressing was invented. Whoa. Yeah. That is a big factoid. See, I had good stuff, and I, that was supposed to be my closer. Me, I was just telling you to say that All stuff. All right, look, here. I'll, I'm just going to do this. We were doing... We've been researching in school all these different 
Cinderella stories. There's oh, just so many, yeah, like sure. all over the country, right? Um, and worlds, and and then they make fun ones for kids, like you know what I mean? It's just so much. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we we're reading this one. It was, it was about. It was called Cindy Ella mm-hmm. or Ellen or whatever, and she, it's a Western one. It's a Western Cinderella. So uh, they had all this this like cowboy lingo in there, and I was like, what the hell? What what's this? You know what? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, long story short, oh, because they were at a ranch, I was like, oh, just, is ranch dressing, <laughs> like, like where does that come from, really? Yeah. And it Cowboy did. ranch. It did. So there was this guy named Steve Henson. Mm-hmm. He was working as a contract plumber in Alaska, and he was trying to perfect his buttermilk uh, uh, dressing recipe. Yeah. Right? Then it was getting good, so him and his wife moved to California to a ranch, mm. and they invent the Hidden famous Valley ranch. Hidden Valley Ranch dressing. That is something. On Hidden Valley Ranch in California. Wow. We should visit it. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I want to go there. If we ever do like a salad road trip. He also made powdered version of the ranch. All the best ones do. Which, you know, I would eat that on a chip. Yeah. It's probably how we get chips. It's just the powder of the ranch of dressing. The ranch. <laughs> It's powdered ranch dressing. I mean, most people in America would eat powdered ranch dressing. I think most people are eating powdered ranch dressing, even when they don't realize it. Yeah, okay. And I say, bring it on. <laughs> what other cowboy fact do you have? You ever heard of a cayuse before? Cayuse? No, is it with a K or a C? C. Oh. C-A-Y-U-S-E. So No, I've never heard of one. You know, when you're reading a children's book, mm. you expect to get even the words that you might not be familiar with based on the context clues. And I was like, what the hell? Yeah. It's a, uh, it's an old <clears throat> term for a, a land race horse often noted for its unruly temperament. Huh? So it's like wild buck and Bronco. Kind oh, of, okay. Kind of thing. Cayuse. All right. Yeah. Well, maybe some of our, you know, listeners out West or in the South are familiar with that. Maybe we're a little far from the, the cowboy areas. We're just trying to bring some, Cowboy culture to all these city slickers. Doing a terrible job. <laughs> that w- I, I don't know if you can judge. Well, that, that you're a city slicker. <laughs> that I know. That's what I'm saying. You don't know what's good for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, remember our, our young friend from uh, Chase, North Carolina. Yeah. Chase. Oh, where is Chase? He's a cowboy. He is a cowboy. He's a cowboy who's witnessed extraterrestrials. That which is the best kind of cowboy. <laughs> that is the best kind of cowboy. Dude, uh, you know, Jordan Peele's uh, new movie, Nope, that has like some sci-fi cowboy yeah. vibes. Yeah. Have you seen a trailer for it yet? Nope. I haven't. Oh, <laughs> cute. Yeah. I was on the fly. <laughs> I really, Chase, if you're listening, I reach out. I I, I, I haven't heard from him in a while. And if you reach like out text soon, then that, y'all, that'll, that'll be a free wooden nickel for you because we're doing that. You got it, top Chase. 10, I mean, first 10 uh, wooden nickel contest. Yeah. It's on the and you can make us a don't be an idiom belt because he's also a leatherman. Yeah, and he is. Yeah, is that called something? Mm, I don't know. All right, and what else? There's a third thing, right? Uh, yeah, it was where the word rodeo came uh, from. Oh, where does the word rodeo came from? It's Spanish for roundup. Huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Rounding up the cattle. Yeah. Because they would. In the 1800s, when they were wrangling cattle, they would often have impromptu riding and roping contests that took place during the roundups. Just because it was fun, right? Yeah. You so, just wanted to have a good and time. it was like the Spanish and the, the American guys were working it, and the, the vaqueros, vaqueros? <laughs> yeah. Vaqueros? That sounds better. 
they were they were like let's just have a rodeo yeah that's great we really only need the ranch dressing part of all this but they were all interesting but i am yeah that is good to know about ranch dressing all right, thank you, Albert, for the, those top of the show factoids. Sometimes Ryan's in charge of the top of the show. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Well, you, you 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 bring some good stuff. Sometimes, sometimes. But tonight it was you. It, stuff was brought. <laughs> thank you, Albert. You're welcome. Uh, Cut so it out. We now need to determine who is going to share their idiom history first. So we're going to play a game. Albert is the game master here. And he brought an interesting one today. It's an inflatable bear with a Velcro circle on its chest. And we need to throw Vel- balls with Velcro, Velcro balls at the, the uh, target. It's four feet tall. If I, if there ever was a time when I truly felt like the game master, it would be with today's game. Yeah. That, this it's is a towering over us. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. <laughs> I mean, it's got a good look and um, I'm wondering who's going to win tonight. It'll probably be you. Is Albert's it, much better at me than these kinds of games. This is one of these gifts that it's a it's a stocking stuffer is what I was telling Ryan. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you're walking through Macy's and there's just like a pile of, there's just like, here you go, $5 or less. Man, it's now, crap. Now you have it. And I have it. And I'm just surprised it hasn't popped yet. Well, let's go. Let's go play. And uh, it's whoever gets three. I guess there's like best three balls. Three, best out of three. And then... Uh, We'll get started here. Okay. Yeah, we never turn it off. I would just like to say, USA... USA. USA. Okay. For winning that game. Yeah, Albert won. This was this one, one felt very big. It was a big win for me. It was pretty difficult. You've been running the games lately. Mm. And then we bring this monsoon in here, and mm. I'm going to lose? And you're the only one that can tango with it. <sighs> He'll eventually kill me. It was hard to get the balls in the Velcro <laughs> circle. <It was. laughs> Not a Velcro. Uh-uh. But, you know, if it was too easy, everyone would win. That wouldn't be that fun. Mm-mm. All right, so Albert's going to give me his idiom. I'm going to guess an origin, then we're going to hear all about it. Uh, well, Ryan, I don't know about you, mm-hmm. but I think I've been called a part of this before, and probably most of the times when I'm with you. The term is a motley crew. A motley crew? Yes. Motley crew means uh, like misfits of sorts. Oh, is yeah. It? Yeah. Or like a, a, a diverse totally. crowd? Definitely. A okay. roughly organized assembly of characters. Mm. Usually he's spoken in like a negative kind of way. Right, right. I feel like my dad has said that to us like at times. Be like, look at this motley crew. And it is fun. We are a motley looking crew, honestly. <laughs> Pretty motley. Yeah. Mm. So anyway, you know, you know what it means, but like where it comes, mean, first of all, before you even guess where it comes from, it's just the word sound, it's like perfect to describe a bunch of ragtag people. Yeah. Like, ah, mot- it's just like motley. It's like the sound that they would make if they were a sound making organism. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. Also makes me want some Mott's applesauce. Oh, yes. 
so I'm guessing the origin. You're guessing it, baby. Mm. Maybe go with the applesauce thing. <laughs> wink, wink. But I think I know what the word motley means. Do you now? Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't. Oh, shit. Do you think everyone knows what motley means? <laughs> I mean, because Motley... Oh, shit. Doesn't Motley mean like a bunch of different colors patched together? I guess it does. <laughs> Holy shit. I mean, something like that, I think. So, I'm going to... Yeah, but wow. I, but I am going to guess an origin, okay? Uh, yes. So, I mean, I, that's what the word Motley means, I think. So, I'm going to guess the origin of Motley Crew, which is... Uh, in um, okay, so in Ireland, which we love to visit when we're we're guessing origins of show of ep, of the, which we love I, to visit. I, <laughs> <laughs> which we love to visit when we are guessing the origins of idioms. We go there in our minds. We're in Ireland, okay, and there was a. There's a part in the south, a beautiful part of Ireland, by the way, if we're talking about sections of Ireland. I mean, yeah, and that's, Ireland's beautiful, apparently. But the villages down there, they were very, you know, they didn't like to met, mix with each other very much. Right. And similar to the clans of Scotland, um, the these Irish villagers you know, associated with a color, each associated with a color. All right. And yeah, sure. so one of the, uh, of course, one of the villages, you know, Soki, uh, Saki, <laughs> Soki, Saki, that's the name of the village. Yeah. One of the villages, Soki, Saki sounds kind uh, of Asian, really. It does have a Japanese kind of ring to it. Um, but this was Ireland. Yeah. So the way it was spelled, you know, they they're, much they're drunk. <laughs> That's unfair. <laughs> because they're adults. Like one of the villages, they dressed in all, you know, purple, like shades of purple because they loved the eggplant. Right. Um, another village dressed in mostly red um, because they, they, they made their money. They love of, the red eggplant. They love the red. <laughs> they love the red eggplant. No, I was thinking they were like pig slaughterers, you know? <laughs> oh, or, yeah. So there's lots of blood. And then this other one over here was blue. And you know they they like gathered fish from the from the Irish Sea and <laughs> I <laughs> and anyway and you know these these other guys had yellow and they did a lot of stuff with wheat and so it, you know this these different villages were all near each other but they all had very specific colors just as if you were to go to a football game of today you <laughs> right. know who's playing for this team you know who's playing for that team because they're all wearing the colors right. I, I get it. You know, I can see that <laughs> causing problems, actually. You know, you're, you're being proud of your colors can often, yeah, yeah. you know, cause issues if you find, you know, if you're green and you find yourself in the yellow territory and all. Of course. Yeah. Because you'd like to think people are just accepting and, that you're, you know, they'd want to respect the differences, but that doesn't always work. Yeah. Um, thank you for saying that. And so, <laughs> like at an Eagles game when they killed somebody. And so yesterday, March 17th, was, was St. Patty's Day, actually. So you're listening to this on the day after St. Patty's Ooh. Day. And uh, in this vi- like right in the center of the village, there was a, all of a sudden, there appeared 
seemingly out of nowhere, a pot of gold. Right. All right. Classic leprechaun Irish kind of stuff. Absolutely. And they're all, you know, the, the, the heads of each of these villages came out and they're all wearing their colors and stuff and they're, they're eyeing this thing up and they go, well, it's not really on my land. It's not really on your land. You know, it's really right in the center <laughs> where all the it's, points It's amazing, meet. really. <laughs> I mean, it's perfect. And so one of them was like, so, so who's, is it? who's is it, Danny? <laughs> so who's is it, Danny? And then they all looked at each other. And it was kind of like a Sergio Leone film where, you know, the close-ups in the Westerns, you know, the close-ups of their eyes. Mm-hmm. And they just ran for it. They all ran for it at the same time. Oh, yeah. And they're running, they're running, they're running, they're running. They're all, and like, the sun is, you know... Glinting. Glinting <laughs> off of the coins in the, in the pot of gold. And then all of a sudden, they... All hit that spot at the same exact time. Oof. The pot of gold was essentially a hologram. It was a leprechaun created nice. hologram. Wow. The pot of gold was much, much, much further away. <laughs> oh, so there actually was a real pot of gold, though. Yeah, there was. Um, I mean, this is folklore. I, I right. know that the origin story is a little no, no, far-fetched, it's good. but it's, it's a folkloric idea. Yeah. But... When all of those, you know, five Irishmen that's gotta hurt collided into each other, they really formed one really big Irishman with all these different colors. <laughs> like he turned into like a clay goop thing and then reformed yeah. and Yeah, and then yeah, he sure. had all of the colors on him. Yeah. And uh but there were still all the heads there popping out. Wow. I mean they just got squished together real bad. <laughs> yeah. And um and from that moment on, none of the villagers were really interested in being <laughs> so divided anymore because they're like, that there's a motley, that's a motley crew. That thing, we and need to just, band together so it doesn't eat us. <laughs> and it just didn't know where to go because it really lived in all of the different villages. Um, so then he built a great house right on the four corners of Ireland. This is where elm trees come from. <laughs> Yeah, that's good, man. That's wow. why they Oof. their leaves go through so many colors in the oh wow throughout the seasons. That's great. So anyway, it's probably not right, but what what's the origin of Motley Crew? Well, that's that's just good. Um, uh, it's not it's not that as exciting. It's it there's I, I thought it was exciting. There's some characters. Okay, you know, don't but, sell yourself short. Well, you man. know, I didn't know I was getting You're a four-headed a- monster here. <laughs> I think it was five. I liked it. Uh, was it five? I can't remember. Well, four seasons. Four seasons. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, as some of you may have known more than me, that in the 14th century, the word motley was a cloth made of two or more colors. Oh, okay. Did yeah. not know that. Oh, okay. All right? Yeah. Later, the clothing made from that cloth was known as motley. Oh, you know what I mean? okay. So you yeah, yeah. say that you're wearing motley. In the prologue of Chaucer's Canterbury Tales, mm-hmm. he says, A merchant was there in motley, and high on horse he sat, upon his head a Flanderish beaver hat. Excellent. I was, I was thinking like I'll tell you what Ben Franklin Canterbury Tales there's a lot of people sitting on horses in Canterbury oh, yeah. Tales oh yeah just about everyone I 
Right. I every mean, narrator, every person that comes by. Why not? Get up there. Have you ever been on a horse? No. Have you? Yeah, I'd like to be on. I'd like to But have you it. been no, on one? No, no. I've never been on one. They're very tall. Right. I'm sure Chris Cardillo has. I'm sure. He's been on one. Probably has a music you video know. about it. <laughs> While he's, you know, going through the hills, he sees Father John Misty coming the other way. He's like, hey. Yeah, the kid. <laughs> um, okay, so, all right. So, Motley, uh, Jeffrey Chaucer used it. The Chaucer. Right. He's, it's in there. Um, all right. Here's where it gets a little bit fun. In the 16th century... The the motley was the multicolored outfits that the jesters and the harlequins wore. Right, that makes sense because a lot of the art from that time period, they're always wearing a whole bunch of different colors. Yeah, and nobody else is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're looking all nice, and these guys are looking all patchwork. You know? Right. Then in the 17th century, the word came to mean the fool himself. So you could call oh. the jester or the harlequin a, a motley. And in 1600 exactly, yeah. in Shakespeare, as you like it, he writes this. A fool, a fool, I met a fool in the forest. A motley fool, a miserable world. A worthy fool, motley's the only wear. Hey, who said this? Shakespeare. Shakespeare? As you like it. As you like it. Mm-hmm. Oh my, it's classic. So that's him using it like the clothes. But then in 1609, in his Sonnet 110... He says this, alas, tis true, I have gone here and there and made myself a motley to the view. Mm. That's talking about the fool itself. So it's, right. it's, you can see where the cloth <laughs> becomes a living thing. The, right, yeah. yeah. So one thing that I found very interesting about the uniform of the, of the fool is that it actually kept them outside of the social hierarchy. And therefore... They were not subject to class distinction, hmm. which meant like, because how you dressed showed your class, you know? Yeah. And this was like the time of Elizabeth the first. Of course. I, we were kind of talking about this, the true blue episode, right? Because, you know, if you, ha- if you were wearing colors at all, that meant you had some yeah. like, class. So by giving them the special costume, it allowed them to be outside of the dress laws mm-hmm. and they were able to speak more freely. So basically it was oh. like, it gave you like a pass to mess with. That's awesome. Like the royalty or something, you wow. know? Yeah, that's interesting. So uh, that's, uh, and you know what? The Harlequins, uh, their patchwork stuff is like really cool looking. Because mm-hmm. um, the jester, I think we think of the jester more with the hat and whatever, but like mm-hmm. the Harlequins is like, it's, and he's got this like cool black mask and stuff. Yeah. Okay, so we got the Harlequin, the Jester. Is it Harlequin or Harlequin? It looks like Harlequin. I mean, I know it's spelled Harlequin, but I'm just... I'm, well, then I'm thinking that's where Harley Quinn gets her name, right? Well, yeah, that's the right. That's the reference. Right, so I don't want it to sound like I'm saying Harley Quinn. doesn't. Harlequin. Harlequin. Harlequin? Harlequin. Harlequin. <laughs> I'm going to say Harlequin. Call in if you know the pronunciation. Harlequin, that's what we're going to go with. Okay. All right, so there's that. In the 17th century is the first time that we hear the term motley crew or motley crowd or motley herd or assembly. And that was, that's when it started to mean an assorted and ill-disciplined group of ne'er-do-wells, mm. which I like. Yeah. They're up to no good Sounds all the like time. Sounds like fun. <laughs> to be a ne'er-do-well? Yeah. But like, see, the thing is, I think they could be misunderstood. They could just be like, like just a little wild looking, but yeah. they like out of a heart of gold. 
Yeah. 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 So you'd like to be part of the Molly crew. I would. I, you know, I, because I feel like. Alvar, I got news for you. You are part know, of the Molly crew. And you know what? I agree. And <laughs> like, I feel like um, what's nice is trying to show people you could look weird mm-hmm. and then be like, a, it could be nice and helpful and stuff like that. Yeah. It's important to you do. Know? Yeah. I think it's a good lesson for people to learn. Goth kids. Don't, don't judge a book by its cover. grandmas cross the street. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's that's a that's a noble pursuit. Right. Well, don't say right. You didn't listen to me. I did. I said you said I I am a noble pursuit. <laughs> I didn't say I. <laughs> I'm you. Okay. All right. So then they were there was like a reference uh, to using this for like sailing ships mm-hmm. like in cruise, whereas like this would be you might have like a motley crew as opposed to like uniformed sailors. Mm. You know. Yeah. It's like uh, the Black Pearl. Captain Jack Sparrow. Captain Jack Sparrow. He's got a motley crew. Quite motley. He's quite motley himself. There's that new uh, pirate show on HBO Max with Murray from Flight of the Concords. No. Is he a pirate? Yeah. It's called Um, Our Flag Means Death, I think. Dude, I have got to watch. I would watch anything with Murray (laughs) in it. Um, Okay, so here's where it was first in print. 1748 in George Anson's Voyage Around the World. The ship they resolved, if possible, to carry to Europe, but their great difficulty was to produce a sufficient number of hands to navigate her. They endeavored to supply this defect by pressing many of the inhabitants of Buenos Aires and putting on board beside all the English prisoners then in their custody, together with a number of Portuguese smugglers whom they had taken at different times, and some of the Indians of the country. With this motley crew, Hmm. Pizarro set sail for Montevideo. Hmm. Like... That's it's like it's like all the different types of people together, yeah. and they don't even want to be there. There's so many great uh, Motley Crue stories, like you know Goonies. You know That's they're the a thing. Motley Crue, and they're the underdogs. Yeah, they're always the underdogs, and they win. Yeah, Hot Shots, right? Is uh, yes, like every good or, or, thing. Or, or, no, Mighty no, Ducks. Uh, uh, I'm thinking of Minor League, right? With uh, Charlie Sheen. Yeah, they're a Motley Crue. Yeah, it's great. It's a great genre. Yeah, heavyweights. No, yeah. I don't know what that is. Oh, you never saw Heavyweights? Mm-mm. It's about the fat camp. It was like in the oh, back of the 90s. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. I remember that. That was great. so great. They had to beat the you know the fancy yeah. you know, fit kids, like fitness camp. Fancy fit kids. Fuck those guys. <laughs> right. Man, without Motley Cruz, we would like, that's like so much of what we watched growing culture, up. Culture, right. Yeah. So that was that. That's where that came from. Cool. And now I've brought you a bonus idiom, which you might not have ever heard of before. <laughs> We've all heard of bonus idioms. We've been on the show for a, but not a long a, time. No, no, no. Of, you might not have heard of this bonus oh, idiom oh. before. This is going to be an unfamiliar idiom. I us. believe it's an right. unfamiliar idiom. <laughs> no, you didn't make things. That's a thing now. <gasps> we have too many. Unfamiliar <laughs> idiom. I mean, like, your very first idiom you ever researched was an unfamiliar idiom. Well, I was Sweet afraid Fanny that you were going to definitely pick it. Man, it's funny. Doing this show for five years, uh-huh. it's amazing how... Happy Wood Anniversary. A happy Wood Anniversary. Uh, you know, that that first show, I'm, I was like, he's definitely going to pick anything that I pick. So <laughs> it's I so picked insane. the most obscure thing. It's only happened once. I know. It is crazy that it happened which, once. Which though. episode was that? Die Hard. Oh, it was Die it was, Hard? Yeah, it was, oh, I think wow. it was episode 40, maybe. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. That was the only time we've ever picked the same idiom. Yes. 
This is confusing. All right, so this right, is so an idiom you... Bonus idiom. Yeah, bonus idiom. It is on with the motley. On with, on the, with motley. the motley. Yeah. It reminds me of down with the sickness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's, yeah. It's different. <laughs> All right. So what does on with the motley mean? So it would be something that you might say, like, before you're about to go on stage, like on with the motley, like put on your costume, like get out there, you know? Oh, It yeah, also yeah. kind of just means that like, let's start the show or, um, yeah, wait, what, what is, how do you say it? Not, not. Oh. On with the show? On with the show, yeah. right? Because yeah, I, I was thinking like, the show must go on. It's not that. Yeah, it's yeah. not that. Um, but yeah, so I just thought that that was a good one because listen to this quote. Mm-hmm. This is from Pagliacci. Mm-hmm. It's an opera. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thou art not a man. Thou art but a jester. On with the motley and the paint and the powder. The people pay thee. And want their laugh, you know, if Harlequin thy Columbine had stolen, laugh, Punchinello. There are so many great the references The world in there. will cry, bravo. Ooh. But I, I had to bring that in there because that's the first time it was written. Hmm. And uh, Which composer wrote this? Uh, Ruggiero Leon Cavello. Whew. Your Italian's getting Whew. better. <laughs> <laughs> but, really um, nailed that accent. But if you, you might have remembered back episodes ago, please this punch. Mm-hmm. Punchinello. Of course. So I had to bring it in. Yeah. Right. Harlequin, you know, punch. I am amassing an army of fools. That's true. You're... In fact, if we were to have armies. Yeah. You definitely have an army of I fools. I would have the army of fools. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. <laughs> in the land of the fool. <laughs> one idiot is king. Um, the one that's alive. <laughs> no, that's great. I think you're right, though. I think you do. You've really amassed a, a motley crew of characters that, uh, you know, when we were on that road trip, we kept coming up with characters, and they were, you know, populating the right. back of our car. Right. Um, that was a motley crew. Yeah. I mean, they didn't exist, but we, we just like all of your everyone. Ideas. Come yeah. as you are. Nirvana. Nirvana. Never <laughs> <laughs> even liked Nirvana. But still, come as you are. Um, so that was pretty much it. But I so the, here's some good pictures of fools here. Look at that Harlequin. Is mm, that? That's cool. That's like my new favorite character. I feel like. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. He's on a little pallet there, huh? He's like, he looks like he wants to eat somebody, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm at the fun facts now. Oh no, no, because that's a wrap. Or no, no, it's after the fun facts. Sorry. Thought <laughs> <laughs> the fun facts was the bonus idiom. <laughs> No, I have fun facts. Oh. It's all about Harlequins because I'm really I'm really fascinated by them now, right? Yeah. So in the early 17th century, um, the Harlequin, it's all about his physical agility. He's like a trickster. And they, they it's believed that he comes from a mischievous devil character in medieval passion plays. Hmm. All right. So we go back to the terms Harlequin or Heliquin, 11th century. And there was this chronicler, chronicler, Orderic Vitalis. And he tells this story about this monk who was being pursued by a troop of demons uh, led by a masked club-wielding giant while wandering the coast of Normandy, France at hmm. night. I'd like to see that right? performed. Yeah. yeah. So, And the, that crew of demons was known as the Familia, Familia Harlequin. Hmm. Then... 
There's this thing called the Messonade de Heliquin, which is a medieval French version of the Germanic um, wild hunt, you know? Yeah. And um, they're connecting that figure with this thing called um, the Herla Signing, which is the host king. Hmm. And the Heliquin was depicted as a black-faced emissary of the devil, roaming the countryside with a group of demons chasing the damned souls of evil people to hell. That sounds good. So I just feel like it is a fun character. That's it's <laughs> deeper than yeah. we realize when we see him prancing around up there. Right, know? yeah, there's a lot going on. Oh, yeah. Love that wild hunt, by the way. You know, it's like that tallest man on earth song. I just thought he was talking about like, you know, the wild hunt of life or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then when I was like, whoa, it's wild like, hunt's o- real it's thing. like Odin's army, like of the damned and shit. It's awesome. Yeah, it's badass. It sure is. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. Well, thank you, Albert. We'll be right back after no this little break. <laughs> it's what I do. No need to thank me. We'll be back. We'll see you after the break. That's right, we're back. How many episodes of uh, Welcome Back, Mr. Cotter, have you ever seen? The zero. How about you? <laughs> um, Is that the I song think, from it? Yeah. Oh shit! You I didn't know you were that? making that up. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's he? Where was he? Why is he coming back? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. War. I mean, what was that? Was that a seventies to early eighties? I, I mean, I know the name of it. Yeah, he, uh, he's a teacher. Okay. Oh, was he and away he's... because he was diddling kids? <laughs> No, no. It's a like, wholesome the, show. All the guys are like, good thing we got that little pesky business taken care of, right? <laughs> anyway, welcome back, Mr. Connor. No, it's more wholesome than that. Uh, anyway, this is the part of the show where we do the second idiom, origin, and guess. Albert is going to blow you away with whatever he guesses today. I have a feeling. I might blow you away before that because I've come to a realization. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This will be my last show. <laughs> really? No, that's not a realization, uh, is it? Yeah, if it is. Um, no. Uh, I was thinking about being a pirate. Yeah. Everyone thinks it's cool, right? Yeah. And I'm going to say no, because they must have had rashes galore. Well, right. That's just like the whole scurvy thing. Rashes, rashes all day with the salt water just stuck on your... Like you're never feeling okay. No, I mean, there's fishermen today that still have to deal with that. Yeah, but at least they can go home and take a shower with soap. If they're not, you know, long haul 
Now they got nice stuff. You ever seen Deadliest Catch? That's uh, what I'm thinking of. They could get a shower in there, can't they? Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, uh, no thank you. No pirates for me. Okay. And yeah. now we can get on with the show. <laughs> Thanks. So if you've been feeling in the, in the uh, doldrums lately, you're probably not the only one. See what he did? He snuck it in in the doldrums. Uh-huh. All right. I already have an idea for this one. Okay. Oh, wait. No. What does it mean? You're feeling low. Yes. Depressed. Yes. Dull. Listless. Despondent. Yes. Where do you think this came Checking from? Checking all doldrums? the boxes. <laughs> Does that sound familiar to anyone? <laughs> Jack Nicholson? I'm Jack Nicholson. <laughs> um, okay, so in the doldrums, let's see here. Mm. First of all, before I give my guess, this always reminds me of the Wizard of Oz mm. when... Um, Mary falls asleep in Dorothy? the in the, uh, in the poppy fields. Yeah, yeah. In the doldrums. Oh, so it like reminds. It's it sounds like it's a flower. It does. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But that's not my guess. Okay, but that's now, now every time thing, the first thing that pops in my mind, I'm gonna like see that image now every time I hear this. I feel like that's what I mean. Like that. I don't know why it just connects it. And also, yeah. they make drugs from poppies. That's true. Right. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. The, the the thing that I was thinking about the doldrums origin was we are at a school band. There's a school band mm -hmm. and it's out in the, it's like the Midwest, okay. you know? So this is a recent term. It's, um, it's, I'll tell you this. It's going to be from like the fifties. I'm thinking. Okay. 1950s. Okay. Right. Yeah. So this, this band out in the Midwest they they were known they were known far and wide uh, because I feel like in some small towns like the band can be a big thing mm -hmm. just like the football team can be a big thing and remember when we went to that one town in Wisconsin when they they didn't um, the big thing was going to the diner on Sunday because they had a special breakfast yeah right, right? I'm thinking a town like that kind of thing right, it's like right. the community is very tight knit and their t their football team was good but their band was even better oh okay you know what I'm saying yeah yeah. You'd go to see the band. Almost. Yeah. 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 Um, so they were just, so they were really good. But in Mr. Henderson's, he was the conductor, right? Mm -hmm. He, he, they were so good that they had, they had too many instruments. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, just unnecessary. Sounds great, but a lot of sound. Right. But here's the thing. Uh, he just wanted them just in case. Yeah. He's like, someday I might compose something where I need that specific flute. Right. But until then, you just hold it because I never know when artistic, you know, uh, inspiration is going to so strike. This, He's an eccentric. This band director's writing original compositions as Absolutely. well as being the high school. That's why he's so good. Like, okay. he is composing some of the best known high school band songs that we know today. Yeah. Mr. Henderson wrote those. Mr. Henderson's opus. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so... <clears throat> And this guy looks like Richard Dreyfuss? Or? Yeah, of course. <laughs> and with okay. hair that stands straight up. Because <laughs> he has an electric personality. Got it. All right. So anyway, um, everybody wanted to be a part of the band. Mm -hmm. um, but if you weren't that good, you were going to get stuck with one of these instruments that really doesn't get used that much. Okay, yeah. Um, but it's still better than sitting on the sidelines. Right, you know? right, yeah. So there was this kid... 
Marty, mm-hmm. he's he's not very good mm-hmm. with the with the fingers and the tone and all that sort of thing. Sure, you know? yeah. So he gets stuck. Um, he, he had to carry like this huge drum, like a yeah. big old bass drum. But was it a doll drum? Well, here's the thing. It's uh, it, it's his position that mm-hmm. he was in. It was a big drum, but Mr. Henderson never hasn't hasn't found use for it yet. So he's lugging this big thing around and never even getting to use it. Okay. So he felt that it was quite dull being in the in the band. Dull drum. And then his mom's like, "Hey, did you get in the band?" You know, and yeah. and he's like, "Yeah." And she's like, "That's great, honey." And he's like, "No, I got stuck in Mr. Henderson's dull drum." Yeah. I see. <laughs> yeah. Excellent work. <laughs> so that would be better, but it's doldrum, D-O-L, not D-U-L. Yeah, but it's that, uh, what is it called? Etymological deconstruction or... Yeah, I guess phonetically... Decomposition or something. Phonetically, people go, oh, doldrum, D-O-L. Oh, yeah, I'm, saying, instead I'm, of, I'm just saying things. Yeah. All right, yeah, that, that's possible. No, that's wrong. Um it's okay. I didn't even say the name of the school. But <laughs> that was, I was the most disappointed with that <laughs> aspect too. Whoops. So in the 1800s, doldrum meant a dullard. So someone who is dull, someone who's mm. sluggish. And so the first syllable, dull, D-O-L, means sluggish. But the second part of the word is believed to come from a derivation of tantrum. Because if a tantrum mm. was like a big fit of you know, being crazy and being upset, a doldrum would be the opposite. It would be like a fit of dullness. Oh, wow. That sucks. (laughs) You know, like that's why you say you're in the doldrums because it's, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, you're like, I'm depressed. It's not permanent. It's like you eventually come out of it. Down in the dumps. It's like I'm having a tantrum. (laughs) Yeah. Who's aware of themselves (laughs) having a tantrum? Well, it's easier. We're having a tantrum (laughs) right now. It's easier to be aware of a dull tantrum, I feel like, than a, you know, because you're just so tanned up in a, in a high octane tantrum. You know, in <laughs> yeah, fact, right. I feel like once you realize you're in the tantrum, then it you kind of come out of it. But a doldrum could go on for many days. Oh yeah, Eeyore, <laughs> he's, he's in the doldrums nonstop. Exactly, and it's yeah. not even because his tail has fallen off. Yeah, because he, he gets just, he, he gets it back all the time. He's just born that way, I think. Yeah. So the earliest we've seen this published is 1811. And uh, it's from the Morning Herald. And the writer writes, I am now in the doldrums, but when I get better, I will send for you. So that just means, you know, low spirited, not doing so hot. Lord Byron even used this phrase. (laughs) He wrote, you know, our boy, Lord Byron, he's like best friends with Mary Shelley. (laughs) Right. Frankenstein. Of course. Friends with Mary Shelley. He was friends with Mary Shelley and her husband, Percy Bysshe. The bish. <laughs> the bish. The bish is in the hish. You know, actually, Percy, Percy, uh, Percy Bright that we know. Yeah. He would make a really great Percy Bish Shelley. I feel like all Percy's can, can like kind of play each other, you yeah. know, in like, in like plays. And yeah. Movies. Yeah. I could see that. Right. Was Percy in theater? I could see him being in theater. I don't think so. It's that sandy blonde hair. He's like a human theater. Yeah. Every... Every word, every expression. Yeah. It's a different character. He really gets those emotions mm-hmm. through f- flowing. With paper mache masks. Right. And we love you, Percy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Percy, I'm gonna cut all that out. No Percy. 
It'd be funny if it was like an army of Percy's being like, don't you dare! <laughs> like they're all ghosts. Uh, so Lord Byron wrote, from the bluff head where I watched today, I saw her in the doldrums, for the wind was light and baffling. Now. What the- a picture to paint. That's, that's cool looking. It's very it's romantic. It's like something out of like an Edward Gorey little sketch, you know? Well, that Woman makes up on sense. That cliff there with a... Yeah. Whoosh. You know, Edward Gorey was inspired by British writers of the past. So the doldrums is an actual like geographical place in the... That's crazy. ...on Earth. And it was named after that state of being. Like this place makes you sad? Well... Or depressed? Well, I'll explain to you. Oh, Seattle. I'll explain in a moment. So... The doldrums is the region of calm winds centered slightly north of the equator. Hmm. And it's between the trade winds. So the way these winds hit each other, it kind of neutralizes everything in the area. And it's like near the equator. Like the eye of the storm. In a way, like the eye of the winds. Yes. And so if you're in the doldrums, your ship has trouble moving because there aren't, there's not much yes. wind. It's, so it's very like kind of. So the s- sailors would really not like to be there. No, they do not want to be there. Yeah, they're like their boats like neutralize out. That must be weird if you're just like ah shit. I know. Do you just like wait for the wind to pick back up? I I guess guess. that's that's sailing, right? (laughs) I mean, what I thought was crazy was when we did some research for one of our nautical episodes. Is that like you could sail against the wind? Like there's ways that you could move the sails. Yeah, you know what I mean. Which is crazy. Yeah. But to how do you sail with no wind? You don't, I don't think. Not a trick? <laughs> no trick? Well, I don't know. I We got to take sailing lessons. They're just very expensive sailing lessons. They are. So. Patreon. <laughs> Please contribute to our Patreon so we can take sailing lessons. We need a, a computer <laughs> and sailing lessons. <laughs> um, so anyway, people mistakenly thought that when, when sailors were saying, you know, we're in the doldrums, that it was a location as opposed to... Um, oh. A state of being, but they're you know, yeah, they're like, figuratively using it for the ship, honey. But then <laughs> I'm calling from the doldrums. <laughs> oh wait, no, the opposite of that. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> so the earliest references from 1855, where they started using in the doldrums to mean this uh, e- equatorial doldrums that surround the Earth, right? So that was in the. They should not go there. Um, I think you have to if you're like if you're passing <laughs> you want to cross the line, right? Yeah, if you want to cross the line. Uh, great. So use that how you see fit in the doldrums. Now another I mean, idiom. Doldrums about going to work tomorrow. This is uh Albert just I came up with a new segment last half hour where you're like this is a bonus idiom. idiom. Did you do that? Yeah. Or, yes. Or something like that. Yes. Bonus idiom. The bonus idiom here is down in the dumps. Hey, we all know that one. Down in the Dumps is a classic. It is classic. It's so classic. It's the idiom I used to illustrate when we had that assignment in fourth grade where we had to like draw an idiom. Yeah. It was in that in that blank still, book they gave us. I still have mine. I, I bring it to class because we did it in fifth grade. And Oh, do you remember which idiom you chose? Yeah. Was this fifth I, grade or fourth? I couldn't remember. It was Mrs. Uh, Hoax class. Oh, That's fifth, fifth right? Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a card shark. Oh, cool. And like... Yeah, I I drew a very Gary Larson looking awesome. character in uh, sitting in a dumpster of trash. Naturally, that's awesome. Down in the dumps. So mine was a shark playing cards, and the guy great. was aiming a harpoon at him from that's off. Awesome. From off. Oh really? Screen. Yeah, that's great. Well, you know, any excuse to draw something violent. Right. Yeah. 
Man, I gotta find my book. It's oh, we should compare. We sh- we should put it on the Instagram. Mm-hmm. We we had these books we had to draw in and write in in fifth grade. They're really cool. That was a big deal. That was, was a huge like, deal. that. We like. I got your, I got like, is, yeah, Mr. Ho- is Mrs. Hoke still alive? We should write her a letter. Like, okay, that was a great assignment you did. Uh, yeah, still thinking about it. Yeah. Um. All right. So down in the dumps. I mean, I just immediately was like, exactly what my my fifth grade mind thought was like, all right, yeah, you're in the dumpster. You're down in the dumps. Yeah. But that's actually not where it comes from. Huh? Huh? That's shocking. Isn't it shocking? Yeah. The dumps. So there in Dutch, there's a word "dump," which means a mental haze or dullness. And in German, there's dumpf, which is an oppressive gloominess. Mm. And additionally, there's a word for a very mournful song from the Elizabethan period called a dump. A dump song? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it's in a lot of different Shakespearean plays. Like even in Romeo and Juliet, one of the characters says to the musicians, and doleful dumps the mind oppress. So a dump was a a sad song. Interesting. It's a funny word. Dump? (laughs) Dump. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it is. It's definitely funny. It doesn't seem flowery enough to be used during, like for Shakespeare. Right. Ah, what a dump is this? <laughs> <laughs> to dump or not to dump? <laughs> that is the dumption. <laughs> that is the dumpster. Where I live. So down in the dumps probably comes from that, actually. Awesome. Um, instead of a dumpster. So whenever you're feeling like, you know, sad or moody or, you know, you're down in the dumps, just think of uh, playing a dump song, you know, and uh, listening to some German uh, translations of Smith lyrics. You know, it's funny. I wonder if... I'm going to have to edit it's the five, so much of this episode. It's the five-year curse. <laughs> it's going to take forever. Oh, my God. How many hours is this going to take me to edit? <laughs> Good thing you took off Tuesday. Fuck. It's my whole day. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. What were, what were we talking about? And doleful dumps the mind oppress. <laughs> it ain't so bad down here in the dumps. <laughs> I'm Dump Larry. (laughs) (laughs) It ain't so bad down here in the dumps. I like things that other people don't like. Oh my god. Um, damn it. (sighs) My stupid laptop started showing me work emails. Um, Oh my god. Wait, one second. I think you said something about the word dump being funny. Did I hear that correct? The word dump <laughs> is funny. Well. <laughs> you, I can see by the look in your eye, you agree. I can see you're a man that agrees. Yeah, I can agree with that. Definitely. Uh, Winston Churchill. Speaking of dump. He would use the phrase black dog very often, which means down in the dumps. And Albert explored the history of that in a... Episode 12 Marine. An older episode. So anyway, uh, that's the way the cookie crumbles on, you know, in the doldrums or down in the dumps. And uh, we thank you for joining (laughs) us today. And... Yeah. Um... 
I was going to say something about the dumps. What? I, you know, I just, I feel that even though, okay, so like we picture the dumps. Like you're in the dumps because mm-hmm. you're feeling bad. Yeah. You're like, this is where I belong in the trash because I'm a piece of trash. You know, like if you tell Americans that, oh, the dumps is actually a sad song. Mm-hmm. I feel like most of us would be like, it's not enough. It's not <laughs> bad enough. I am American grade suicidal here. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm Mournful definitely going to die. Maybe some other people. <laughs> yeah. I'm so down in the dumps. I'm digging people with me. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Good point. <sighs> well, listen. Yo, you better fucking email us on the DM to get your wooden nickel. You, because... you sound like out of touch. You can't say email us on the DM. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Message us through direct messaging <laughs> to the Instagram um, email that we've set up. We're just going to give you Ryan's phone number. It's five five five. The direct line. If you've gotten to this, uh, if you've gotten to the end of this episode, thank you for sticking with us and congratulations. Oh, I have something else to say. <sighs> episode sixty is coming up. Episode sixty is next, which is a big deal, and we are going to finally <laughs> announce the winner of the. Monster. Jersey Devil Monster yeah. Board Game Drawathon Contest. That's right. Because you've waited long enough, I think. So, thank you. So get out your tickets. So get out your tickets, and um, until, until next, next time. Until next time. Don't, don't be, be an, an idiot. idiot. morning America but not like the news show other people can say good morning America they don't own that anyone can say it without getting sued and I stand firm on that I'm Dump Larry welcome to my humble abode which is of course the dump you may be asking why I made this commercial had to sell my third favorite dump pile just to pay for it. Well, kids, the thing is, the dump gets a lot of bad press. And in time, Dump Larry's good name gets soiled in the process. Pun intended. So I'd like you to grab your best piece of trash and come on down to Dump Larry's Dumporama. That's right. I own and operate the only city dump with a fun name, and you can look it up. And if we become best friends, well, that's just icing on the cake. The dump cake. Now, this may come as a surprise, but I'm also single. But I've had plenty of practice dates with Joey Boom Boom in a, quote, romantic as it gets, dump bistro. Isn't that right, Joey? Disrespect me and I'll box your legs! It's hard to imagine ever not being alone.
gone.